This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. When it comes to repairing or place, replacing parts of major home systems and appliances, please get yourself a warranty plan. There, there are so many things that can go wrong. Your hot water heater, your air conditioning unit. Um, you are under enough problems. Your refrigerator goes out. Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. American Home Shield has been in business for, I don't even know, 50 years, I think. And they have offered a choice among three great plans. So whatever your budget is, it's affordable. You don't want any of your household appliances. You don't even want to think about it. When they do break down, Home Shield is there covering the cost when the parts of your system and appliances break. So they, if they can't fix it, they'll replace it. And they've been around for over 50 years. So keep your home up and running, your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, you can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash back. That's American Home Shield. AHS.com. Save $50. Service fees, limitations, exclusions do apply. See plan for details. American Home Shield. AHS.com slash Beck. Today I want to bring you <laughs> I want to bring you a message of hope. But I have to go through the very dark dark tunnel of our new uh, monkeypox czar and some of the other things that are happening in the country. But believe me, it all ends in hope because it ends in truth. And that's where we forgot. That's where hope that's where hope lives in the truth. And our society is denying it every second of every day. We'll stand for the truth in 60 seconds. Charles wrote in about his father's experience with Relief Factor. He says, my 80-year-old dad's been taking Relief Factor for quite some time now. He says he feels 40 again. It's nice to see him so active. I'm so grateful to see him feeling this much better at his age. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for turning us on to Relief Factor. Charles, thanks for writing in and uh, getting your dad to try Relief Factor. It's an amazing thing. It's not a prescription drug, so you're not all spaced out. But it was developed by doctors that with four key ingredients that fight inflammation, which is the source of most of our pain and most of our problems. The three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95. It's a dollar a day, like a trial pack. And hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com 1-800-4-RELIEF 1-800-4-RELIEF Get the 1995 three-week quick start developed just for you. Again, ReliefFactor.com or call 800 the number 4 RELIEF. Feel the difference. Alright, so I've been following the new monkeypox czar um, and uh, he's a little controversial. His name is Dr. Dimitri uh, Dassel Daskalakis, I think he has a long history in working public health on issues pertaining to the LGBT uh, community. Um, he's helping lead the Biden administration response to the monkeypox outbreak. Now, I want to give you the the lowdown on him from the Daily Caller. Prior to serving in the White House, uh, the doctor was the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC Division of HIV Prevention. According to the statement, he led the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene infectious diseases efforts and developed a clinical practice focused on serving uh, neg- uh, negligible uh, LGBT communities. Over the course of his career, he's developed uh, and deployed some unorthodox tactics to serve that demographic. For instance, he operated an HIV and hepatitis sc- screening clinic out of a small office inside a Manhattan S&M club called Paddles, where men could pay $40 to, uh, you know, part with uh, their coats and clothes and be paddled. He also has dressed in drag to administer meningitis vaccines at sex clubs and bathhouses during an outbreak in New York. Um, he is um, he is known as a progressive radical gay doctor. All right. That's that's the that's the label given to him by an HIV AIDS organization. So they're on his side and they're like, no radical. Um. Now, NPR just released an interview with the good doctor, and they had eight questions with the doctor about stopping the U.S. monkeypox outbreak. And reading and listening to him, he sounds rather reasonable. But they didn't ask him all of the questions that perhaps should be asked. Um, there is... Um, there is a, a, a story out about some of the things that he has posted online that are a little uh, disturbing. Um, he is a Columbia University undergraduate, uh, general and religious double major. Um, and some of his um, some of his, well, it, you know, starting with a tattoo on his chest of the pentagram appears as though he kind of digs Satan a bit. Um, alongside his his partner, Michael McNeil, uh, the pair launched a goth gym in New York, which originally uh, ran out of um, the uh, high-profile Equinox gym chain before spinning into its own brand based on a, in a former gay nightclub that in turn had taken over an old church in Manhattan. It's called uh, Monster Cycle. 
And it's got a lot of stuff on their website, you know, references to Satanism, the devil, burning crosses, pentagrams, you know, the usual stuff for your gym. Um, he, um, he has a tattoo of the pentagram on his chest, and it says, I've learned there's light even in the darkest of places. Um, it, along with that, he it, it apparently has a corpse of a dead uh, creature of some sort, a serpent. Uh, also a head with three eyes, what appears to be a saint-like figure or even maybe Jesus Christ across his, uh, his stomach. Um, and in his, um, in his posts, which now have been removed, uh, there was a series of images from 2012 that appear to depict a seance. They're, I mean, they're at a Ouija board ceremony with a, loose, uh, with a lit crucifix um, that was laying on the pentagram on, on the table. Um, you know, uh, he's got an image wearing a pentagram helmet with an upside down cross above it. Uh, and his partner is dressed, I guess, like Christ, if, if that's what, with a crown of thorns. Uh, and then, you know, he's got the post that says, we'll steal your soul. Uh, all of these, you know, all of these things. Now the press says, well, he's just entertaining. Well, mm, Yeah. I, 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 I guess if that's what you, um, you know, if that's what you like, there's a lot more of this kind of stuff, but that doesn't make you necessarily a Satanist. And let me just, let me play devil's uh, advocate here, uh, possibly um, truly devil's advocate. Um, let's say that you believe this guy's just a performer and you can reach the community that most people need. You know, the people that are really in need He's there. He's got it, you know, and he's just a performer. And, you know, maybe there's a chance that he's not a performer. I don't know. But if that's true, let me ask you, who refused the COVID vaccine at the highest rate? And was COVID a bigger risk than monkeypox to the general population? The answer to that, according to the president, is clearly yes. Well, Donald Trump volunteered to speak up and let the White House Biden use him. Many conservatives even took the vaccine, but no one was ever asked to be a spokesperson. The Biden administration never took up that vile Donald Trump who was saying the same things they were about the vaccine. So if you're truly willing to deal with the devil to protect people, why would you do it this time and not then? By the way, uh, this brings up some disturbing things you know, we're not talking about somebody that is, you know, in a in an offshoot kind of thing like, yeah, he's going to be deciding the color of green in our stoplights. This guy is part of the medical community and our healthcare system. The same system that lied about the effects of covid, the same system that never stood for our children, never told us about the vaccines or even our children's the effects of isolation in fact denied those things is anybody concerned about the doctors that we are now putting together that are not treating people they disagree with over vaccines or hate there's a perversion of the hippocratic oath that is happening right now which is first do no harm first do no harm is that what we're doing with our children is anybody worried about the corruption of the CDC? Fauci, the merger of government pharmaceutical companies and doctors 
cutting parents out of the medical decisions, life and death, sex and gender, pregnancies, all of these things, cutting the parents out of that line, willing to allow babies to die or be killed after birth. I don't know. I, 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 I think we should probably pay attention to what's going on. But the problem is we don't recognize evil anymore. I never understood that good would become evil and evil would be good, uh, would become good. I never understood. How could that possibly happen? Well, now we know. Now we know. A very well-executed uh, propaganda machine that starts in our schools and teaches the things that we think are no big deal. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And at the same time, they delete all of the truth until it gets to a point to where the people wake up. And is it too late? My answer to you is it's not too late. We just have to decide what evil is. Is it evil to sexually abuse children or and let me define that somebody who has a attraction to minors who is an adult, decides they're going to have sex with a very willing eight-year-old. Is that evil or not? Say it out loud. Yes, it's evil. If you disagree with me here, you got a long ride on. And you are part of the problem. If you're neutral on that or unwilling to say that, you are part of the problem. And you will be swept up into the other side. And you don't want to be there. Is it evil to show sex acts to minors? To teach them how to perform sex acts? Is it evil to have drag queens come into our schools where kids can put dollar bills into their G-string? Or just hand it to them is it evil to indoctrinate children into hopelessness and hate for the family hate for god hate for their own country is it evil to force people in to medical experiments is it evil to dismember or amputate perfectly good limbs or appendages on a healthy body is it evil to endorse and excuse mass looting? To encourage anybody to just go into a store and take what they want and leave? Is it evil to burn down whole cities? To encourage that or to excuse it? Is it evil? To intentionally destroy families, to intentionally destroy gender, to say there is no such thing as a woman, no such thing as a man. Is it evil to cancel free speech in a much more widespread way than the Red Scare? Is it evil to preach color of skin over content of character? 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I could have given that list and everyone in the country, even Bill Maher, even 
Joe Biden would have absolutely said, even if it was just for performance, they all would have said, of course, those things are evil. Now, our system is pushing and preaching these things. Look, you don't need to be some hero. You don't need to be Martin Luther King. You don't need to be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. All you have to do is just recognize the difference between good and evil. That's it. Just recognize it. No, that's evil. I can't do that. Nope, that's, that's evil. So what is the opposing force of evil? Because I guess that's what you have to be. It's not good enough, as they say now. It's not good enough just to be against racism. You have to be an anti-racist. Well, that seems evil because that is just getting revenge. That's participating in the thing you say has been so destructive of human beings. And I agree with you. So now why would we do that? So how do you fight evil? There is truly only one way. I'm going to explain the difference between good and evil for those who don't really understand in 60 seconds. Right now, your feet are being pampered. You can't hear them because that would be weird. Uh, They also don't speak English. I mean, really, they don't. Trust me. Anyway, uh, they want comfort. Mike Lindell, you know, the MyPillow guy, he's got a perfect solution. He's launched a a brand of brand new slippers, slides, and sandals. They're fantastic. Better yet, for a limited time, you can get them at an amazing discount for as low as $29.98. Now, that's about an $80 value, $29.98. All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code BECK. But listen, they're only going to be that price for a limited time. Don't wait around. You might not be thinking if your area is still a little warm. You might not be thinking about slippers. But believe me, when you have to turn up the heat and it costs what it does, you want slippers. Slippers, slides, and sandals. Get them right now at this amazing price of $29.98. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, use the promo code BECK and receive this incredible limited time offer. It's MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. MyPillow.com, promo code BECK, or call them at 800-966-3117. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, so we don't recognize evil anymore, but do we recognize good? Do we recognize good? What is good? Is love good? Love is good. Real, true love, if you understand the definition of love. Love is good, but love is God. If you don't believe that God is love, then you've got a screwed up definition of God and love. There is no fear in God. Well, have you read the Bible? It's a pretty scary thing. Yeah, you know, the last part is kind of scary. Why was that given to us? That was given to us so we would not fear and we would be prepared for when, what does they say would happen? uh, Good becomes evil and evil becomes good. You'd be prepared. So there is no fear in love. And love is more than just words, it's action. It should be the main driving characteristic of each of us. 
It's not of me. I try, but it's not of me. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. Now, remember, so when he's saying what it is, it also says what it isn't. So a meritocracy, does that involve envy? No, it shouldn't. A meritocracy is just based on the color, not of the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and what you do with your life. And why should anybody be envious of that? They have their own thing. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This was written by a guy who didn't believe in Jesus. In fact, was killing all the guys that liked Jesus. Till he kind of had an encounter. He's like, whoops, I was wrong. Hey, first thing, redemption. And don't hate the guy who was literally killing your people. Let him go. If he's changed his life, if he's, if he's honest about it, great. Because he might be the biggest spokesperson. He might bring to the table something no one else can bring. And he talked about love. He's the one who wrote all of that. And he wrote it to because the church at the time was really, they weren't demonstrating love. And he said, if I, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, in other words, if I'm talking about all these great things, but I don't have any love in my heart, I'm just making noise. What are we doing right now? How many of us are talking about what we believe in or what we're against? But we don't truly have love in our heart for the people who are now persecuting us. That's what this message was all about. It, it means, love is patient, it means loving someone even when you really don't want to. I, that's, how I always, that's how I always know something is from God. Oh, no, please, no, no, I don't, no, not that. I don't want to do that. When you really don't want to love somebody, that's when you're supposed to. But don't, 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 don't confuse this. This does not mean you love evil. It means you stand up for truth. Again, you don't need to be some hero. This is very easy for all of us to do. You don't have to start some organization. You don't have to join any march. You don't have to do anything. You just in your realm never, ever tolerate lies on things that you know are untrue. Sexualization of our children is bad. Evil exists, and it has conned a good number of our society into believing evil over truth and good. And more importantly, it's captivated many of our hearts in believing you can't win or to stay silent. program. 
American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. How hard would it be to put a price on the best kind of customer treatment? How much would you pay for something that, for somebody who not just sees you as a number, but sees you as a person, listens to you, and can help because they've listened to you, what's the price of that? How about free? In 10 minutes, you can get a free mortgage review, the kind that comes along with the advice that you can really use, not the advice just to sell you something. This is how your interaction with American Financing starts. It's just the beginning. So call American Financing today. They listen to you. This is a company that's been helping people just like you with home loans and other options for for, uh, loans to help them get the best deal and to keep their payments on track. They care about helping you save money. It's incredibly important. Please call American Financing. See what they can do for you now. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. Join one of the last digital spaces that allows free speech. This week only use promo code GLEN20 to get $20, per $20 off your subscription at BlazeTV.com. 20% too. If you have not seen Jim Brewer's Bruniverse yet, his new comedy special that is only, I think, on YouTube, somebody had to say it. It is wet your pants, laugh out loud till your sides hurt funny. It it guy just does not stop. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Really, really funny. And that should give you hope. There is this is a guy that used I think used to be on Saturday Night Live. I think mm. he rode for Saturday Night Live. Left, um, and, and oh my gosh, very funny and speaking the truth. It should give you hope that the truth is going to make a return. It's just going to be how difficult of a turn are you? Are, are we going to force it to be? How much trouble is it going to be to return to truth? And every day we say something that isn't truth. Every day we stand silent. It gets harder to return to the truth, but it will return. It will. You know, for instance, the American Psychological Society. It was 2007 when they said Sexualization of girls is linked to common mental health problems in girls and women. Quote, we have ample evidence to conclude that sexualization has negative effects in a variety of domains, including cognitive function, physical and mental health and healthy sexual development. Okay, so you don't want to sexualize your children. What the hell are we doing? And the. The American Psychological Association is saying now the exact opposite of this. And by the way, it's not just, you know, it's it's not girls. It's boys, too. When boys are, you know, sexualizing, you know, you could be a girl. Why not? Why not be a girl? You know, cut that ding-a-ling off. You know, you'll have uh, you'll be a wonderful, wonderful woman. And here's, by the way, what you can do as a woman. Here, let me show you. Let me just show you these uh, charts and pictures here. See, that's how a woman has sex with another woman. 
and here's how you, as a woman, would please a man, but you are actually a boy, or you were mislabeled by your parents to be a boy, and those evil doctors, and we know this to be true, because the doctors are now telling us that those are evil parents and those evil doctors. Anyway, this is what you can do. Look at the pictures. What are we doing? See, all you have to do is remember where we came from. That's why history is under attack. That's why anybody who has said anything in the past is under attack. And it doesn't have to be. I mean, Ricky Gervais said it best. You know, you're never going to find an old tweet from somebody saying a man can't get pregnant. And that's because we didn't think we had to say that. Okay? We have... We've lost our minds. The drag thing in our schools. That's just a performance. You know, this isn't, uh, you know, the uh, Elizabethan era where you, know, where you had to dress up. A man had to dress up and play a woman. It's not, we're not living in those times with Shakespeare theaters. You know, not happening. It's, this isn't Jack Benny dressing up as a woman. This is sexualized. Drag is a performance. We've been watching it for centuries. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Have you ever heard of wig stock? No. You know why? Because you're normal. Wig stock was the, um, the drag sexualization party. That's when it happened in the 1980s. Um, uh, RuPaul says that you know, drag is much more than entertainment. It's a way to change the world. Quote, I think drag race and drag con are really changing the world on a bigger political landscape than what I could do in Washington. So I wouldn't have a political platform. My political platform is a TV show called Drag Race. And it's it's not Shakespeare. I don't know if you've seen it. It's not the innocuous cross-dressing, you know, drun, done like that, or the man-in-a-dress trope that we all used to like and thought was funny. Drag came about the way it's being done now alongside the sexual revolution, and it is deeply tied to sexual liberation, gender nonconformity, an overhaul of all traditional norms, none of which have a track record of improving psychological outcomes for adults or children. We're still living the lie that sexual freedom is freedom, when in fact, sexual freedom is slavery. When you do things, I'm free, man. I can have a drink any time I want. It is slavery. It's slavery. I'm not going to listen to all your religious rules. That's the way to free yourself. Just try living by the Ten Commandments. It's crazy. Liberating our sexual self hasn't really worked well, has it? No, that's why we want more of it. This time it'll be done right along with communism. Oh, I bet. I bet. This doesn't mean you don't have compassion for the people who are currently in drag. 
I don't know what has motivated them to do this. Is it, uh, I don't know. Is it grooming? I don't know. Maybe sometimes. Virtual signaling to kids? Probably, likely. The propagation of chaos to speed along the implementation of totalitarian control by destroying our children and our families? Yeah, yeah, big one. But there's also the people who are just trying to fix maybe their own childhood, trying to fix whatever they feel is broken in them. They think maybe, maybe this is the way. I'm being charitable here, but I think this exists in some people that they feel that if they could just pass this on to the new generation, they could heal themselves in the process. It's a human inclination, but it doesn't work. The affirmation of children can't heal them, and in the process, they're transferring so much confusion and self-hatred from one generation to the next. There's a, there's a ton of legitimate concerns that any thinking human has about exposing our kids to drag and all the stuff that's happening in our schools. But all you have to do is remember where we came from. Because I'm guessing all of us are old enough to remember when we were concerned about young girls seeing, being seen sexualized or even highly edited media representations of women. When everybody was so upset with uh, a swimsuit, swimsuits, wearing a swimsuit issue, a sports show. Everybody was so upset with that. I thought that was a little much. But I understood we shouldn't sexualize our children. And there's a problem with the way we look at women. And that's something that only our human heart can fix. No regulation, no amount of Gestapo will stop that. In fact, it will only make it worse, especially if you have a bunch of experts and doctors who have unhinged from common sense and universal truth and legitimate questioning. Again, my challenge to you today is just remember, just remember when you're hearing a conversation and don't be afraid. They need you to be afraid. Who's on your side? They should be terrified. They should be terrified because they do not have the truth on their side. And we're not talking about, did he have a perfect phone call with the, with the prime minister? I don't know if that was perfect. Yes, it was. No, it's not. Yes, it was. No, it's not. This is truth. Man can't get pregnant. Can't. No matter how you spin it, can't. You are getting people to say that without them really understanding what you're saying is a woman can become a man. So a woman can become a man, uterus and all, and then as a man have sex with another real man and somehow or another they have a baby as two men. No, that's a chick in bed with a dude. That's what's happening. That's the truth. So no, 
men can't have babies because that woman's not a dude. That woman has uterus, and there has never, ever been. This is, let me, let me do this. This is how far we've come. We are now allowing our teachers, our teachers, to teach things that when we were standing in line at a grocery store and saw man pregnant has baby of six pounds, it was on the weekly world news and it was a joke. The only people that believed it was weirdos. Now we're at, now we're teaching the weekly world news to our kids. Just remember that and don't participate. Back in a minute. As Americans, we share a bond that is sacred, all of us, a, a tie that binds us to one, one another and is stronger than all the other things which seek to divide us. All we have to do is remember those things. It doesn't show, but when it counts, it has always come back, always has come back. 21 years ago, just a couple of days ago, when outside forces of evil sought to destroy us, that bond became brighter and perhaps than ever before, at least in my lifetime. It's the bond of freedom among people whose divisions must always be temporary. <sighs> to protect that freedom, we have some real heroes. We have people that go out into deserts, go out wherever they're called to serve, to protect, to fight, and perhaps die for us. After 9-11, the Tunnel Towers Foundation uh, decided they were going to fight for those who protect us, not only on the, uh, the sands of Iwo Jima, but also in our own communities, in firehouses and police departments. If somebody is killed on duty, this is where Tunnel to Towers comes in. They come and they take the mortgage away from the family. They don't have to worry about the mortgage. It brings financial stability to that family because, another truth, families are essential. And we should do everything we can to help families stay together. Will you help these heroes and their families? Join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month. That's $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. The Glenn Beck Program. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, only got about half of the things that I wanted to cover this hour. Mm. We have uh, Vivek Ramaswamy on with us coming up in just a little while. By the way, if you don't get my daily newsletter, you are really missing out. Um, it is all of the stories. We've never released this before. 
Um, I decided a couple of months ago to start releasing all of my show prep. It is raw, unfiltered. It is everything that I and my producers compile over a 24-hour period uh, so I can look at it about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, When I look at this, I have to decide what makes it on the show, what doesn't, what to go back and do more research on. But I think you need to see it because it is a clear look at how massive things are and will give you um, a timetable. It will really help you decide a timetable. Where, where are we in this cycle? Um, you can get that for free at glenbeck.com. Did you see that uh, Marco Rubio at a conference just said that uh, everyone who has ever been born was born of a biological woman, that men can't get pregnant? Yeah. So the recount claimed that that's factually inaccurate. <laughs> the recount did. <laughs> yes. Well, now I know the truth. Yes. And of course, the the recount says that they're a no BS kind of website. They, <laughs> they just tell it like it is. Sure. Sure. Huh. Sure. Okay. So men can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating is that uh, there was just a survey done on who believes this stuff. Um, and they found that one out of five Democrats, one out of five, that's 20% of Democrats believe men can get pregnant. That's about right, though. I guess so. You know, you get 18%, you have a tipping point. So you have 20% of Democrats, and they have tipped that entire party over to this nonsense. And that includes, get this, 36% of college-educated white Democrat women. Of course. Believe it. Of course. (sighs) I think they're the easiest. I think they're the easiest to get because they lead with their heart. Right. And so they're like, oh, I don't, oh, wanna, I don't, I don't call want to offend anybody. anybody. I don't want to do that. Oh. And that's how we have been undone. Mm-hmm. Americans, we this is part of our creed that we we get along with people we disagree with. We don't get mm-hmm. involved in other people's lives or businesses. It is one of our best attributes. It's what's kept us out of fascism for a very long time. We don't report on our neighbors. We don't spy on our neighbors. We don't like the people that do that kind of stuff. Because of that, they have used that and turned that around and said, you're going to judge? You don't want to judge. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. There comes a point mm-hmm. where, you know, it's good or evil. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I am going to judge. And I'm not judging for that individual. I hold it nothing against that individual. I'm judging this content of this inaccuracy it's not true here is where it's been done in the past and it always ends really really poorly this is a universal truth and i'm just not going to go with you want to go sailing down that river go ahead but i'm not going with you and you can't force me the Glenn Beck Program. Listen, you know, I know there was a time, you know, in the old days, we thought we should keep our children away from pornography. <laughs> and we thought that was the right thing to do. Well, not the case uh, anymore. It's not easy to keep your kids away from pornography. It practically spills out of everything now. And it is destructive to them. And it is destructive to families because a lot of guys are still doing uh, pornography. And it has deep deep effects on the family and the individuals if you're trying to stop or if you have a family member that is trying please 
Suggest Covenant Eyes. It's accountability software. You can try it for free for 30 days. Just go to coveyes, C-O-V-I-S dot com slash Glenn. C-O-V-I-S dot com slash Glenn. Don't wait. The destruction needs to end. And you can set up accountability partners for yourself and others in your family if you want. Uh, pornography is the worst of the worst wolves in sheep's clothing in our society. It is a real problem. It is a destroyer. Please go to coveyes.com slash Glenn. yourself are you a victim or are you a not just survivor are you a warrior against things that go wrong in your life you can you can climb any mountain thrown in front of you that is the way america was born that's what america was all about it was a different land with different people just watch any show from the pioneer days when people were rushing out to get their land in ways where they were going to most certainly die. Why would you do that? Because they wanted to own something. They wanted to be their own person. They wanted control of their own destiny. And so they would work hard to do it. Are you that person or are you a victim? We go down that road in 60 seconds. So I know your day is really super busy and I respect your time, but I want you to consider doing something that could have a profound impact on your personal and family financings. Uh, I am only asking for 10 minutes of your time to get the ball rolling today. Call American Financing. They're gonna do a free mortgage review to get a sense of where you're at and where you could be at. The economy is getting worse. I love, what was it, the New York Times, Washington Post? People are feeling better about the economy. Really? They are? Uh, right now, you need every possible advantage you can get. Their salary-based consultants can help, which means they don't take any kickbacks from any banks. Call them today. This is a company that's been helping people in this audience for about 10 or 15 years now. They can refinance your mortgage possibly with a lower fixed rate, provide other kinds of loans, even just help you find ways to raise your credit score, which is incredibly important right now. American Financing, we'll see you through, but don't take my word for it. Do your own homework. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. American Financing, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
There is a must-read book that has just come out called Nation of Victims, Identity Politics, uh, The Death of Merit and the Path Back to Excellence. It is out today. Vivek Ramaswamy is uh, the author, and he joins me now. Vivek, first question, and don't hate me for this if, I, if I've had it wrong the whole time. I am the worst on names, the worst. And every time I see you on a show, you never correct anybody. And they're always pronouncing your name a different way. Am I getting it wrong and you're just being very polite? Or is Vivek well, the way you say your name? That. Vivek is right. Vivek like cake Ramaswamy. 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 Yep. Okay. You got it. All exactly. Right. Yeah, you know, those, those, those TV hits, you usually get like three to four minutes. I prefer to talk about content, but since you asked, yeah. I love it. Thank yeah, okay. So, so Vivek, I just, out of respect for you, um, I just, because I'm watching it and I'm so paranoid, I always get things wrong uh, on names, always. Even like my wife, I would screw up her name. Um, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so Nations, uh, Nation of Victims is out. Um, and you're known, at least on this program, as somebody who is very into ESG, um, you know, very, very against it. Uh, you are doing everything you can to bring back merit. This book does not really deal with ESG or anything like that. This is the answer in our own lives. Would you agree? That's right, Glenn. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. I mean, look, I think that there's two sides to this equation, right? Even if you think about the kind of stuff we usually talk about in this program, the kind of stuff I'm working on in the private sector, Yes, that is about corporate meddling in our culture. It is about the use of corporate power to advance one-sided progressive agendas, but it takes two to tango. What do I mean by that? It also takes a population and a consumer base that's willing to buy those narratives and use that to actually be moved by it. And so, so what this book is about is the broader cultural question. Why is it that consumers are so hungry for a cause and purpose and meaning and identity mm. that they fall for these victimhood narratives that companies and other cynical actors sell them. That's what this book's about. And the case I make in this book is that we've fallen into a moment in our history where we see hardship as the same thing as victimhood. Well, guess what? My thesis is that hardship is not the same thing as victimhood. Hardship is part of what teaches us who we are, both as individuals and as a people. And I think the black hole at the vacuum of the Americans and the vacuum at the heart of the American soul right now is our absence of a shared national identity. And the case I make in this book is that we can fill that vacuum with a shared national identity based on the unapologetic pursuit of excellence through our system of free market capitalism and as individuals who are free agents in the world, regardless of the color of our skin or where our parents came from. That's why I wrote this book. So where, did you, where do you think the big turning point, because I think it was 2008, when the bailout happened, we're now doing all of that. And it was the end of personal responsibility for corporations. It really was. It really it was the death of personal responsibility at every level of society. So I, do, I think 2008 was a big turning point for a lot of reasons. What happened in 2008? We had the 2008 financial crisis. We had the bailouts. We had no accountability for, for a lot of financial institutions that took risk at the public at the public's fisc. When times were good, they got paid. When times went bad, the public had to bail them out. But that was also the birth of, of the identity politic wing of the new left. It was Barack Obama elected as the first black president of the United States. A lot of the victimhood narratives that went with that were also then in the thick of the greatest intergenerational wealth transfer in human history from the baby boomer generation to my generation of millennials and, and Gen Z. 
And, and I think that creates a new victimhood culture and a culture of entitlement as well. So, so there were a lot of things around the turn of the last decade. There were a lot of factors in our culture that conspired to create this new culture of victimhood. And, and one of the things I, one of the things I uh, describe in the book is also the rise of a laziness culture, even in our, in our workforce, but in our culture more broadly. And, and one, of the, one of the things I say in the book is that victimhood fits laziness like a glove, in that people today who are lazy and don't want to work construe that not just as their own sloth, which is one of the human vices, but also as a narrative of the grand fight against the oppression of capitalism the oppression of modernity, the colonialism of capitalism. I mean, these are the kinds of things you hear as part of the great resignation on Reddit in the pandemic over the, it started back in the post 2008 era. And so I think it was, it was a combination of a new laziness culture of entitlement that came from my generation being on the receiving end of this large intergenerational wealth transfer, but combined with these victimhood narratives that justified that laziness with a moral veneer that's part of what led to us now having a shared national identity based on victimhood. We're a nation of victims. So you, and, and, and I think the case I make is we need to graduate from that. Um, you, um, you talk about Plato's ideal society, and you talk about it because you say, you know, that's how we find the ideal citizen. What is the ideal citizen in 2022? In America, I mean, this is, this is the question of our hour, Okay. So I, I think there are two parts to what it means to be American. And I think each of us has some of this in our heart. On one hand, we all want to be an individual who's able to pursue our own individualistic dreams through the system of free market capitalism. That's what we think of as the American dream. I have that impulse. You have that impulse. Most of the listeners in this program share that feeling, too. That's half the story. That's what I call the, shared, the, the pursuit of excellence, the unapologetic pursuit of excellence. But, but I think there's another half of the story, too, Glenn. I think that m- many on the right, many of us, have missed for years, which is also our hunger to be part of a nation that is greater than the sum of its parts, a collective whole as citizens. And that's the side of our identity as individuals that really, I think, re- revolves around also the revival of civic duty. One of the chapters in the book is entitled A Theory of Duty. It's a play on John Rawls's A Theory of Justice which was the North Star of the left for much of the late 20th century, I offer what I call a theory of duty, which talks about the revival of civic duty. And the case I make is that it's not at odds with liberty to have a civic duty. Our civic duty as citizens is different than the freedoms we want to have in all of the other spheres of our lives, including economically. And I think it's one of the things that conservatives sometimes get wrong, we get wrong, in our, in our obsession with just talking about freedom. And believe me, I'm 10 out of a scale of 10 on that discussion. We miss the fact if we have civic duties as citizens, that actually gives us greater fortitude to pursue our freedoms through the system of free market capitalism, well, through our pursuit of excellence as individuals. And so that's the philosophy at the heart of this book. Actually. I'm old enough that, uh, you know, in high school, you couldn't graduate without having a class called rights and responsibilities. And we've forgotten the responsibility part. And that is, like you say, huge. But, you know, I learned something when I lived in, um, in New York City. When I moved to New York City, I was always a guy who, if there was garbage on the street, I would, you know, pick it up and throw it in the garbage can. And it was just ingrained in me. I grew up in a smaller town. And, um, and after about two years of living in New York, there was garbage at the front of my building uh, on 6th Avenue. And it was just this newspaper was just blowing everywhere. And my first thought was, how much money do I have to pay this stupid city for them to keep it clean. 
And I stopped in my own tracks and I thought, oh, my gosh, I've turned into one of them. In a certain sense, well, that's really honest of you, Glenn, to talk about looking in the mirror that way. It's, it's something that more of us ought to do is actually before we point the figure outward, let's take a mirror and look within. It's funny. I'm talking to you from a car in New York City right now <laughs> where I'm literally seeing bottles lining the street on the left hand side of my car without somebody stepping down to pick it up. Yeah. And I think that that idea of civic duty is something that, you know, I, I, I could call out the liberal side of this. I have been for years. I do a little bit of that in the book as well. But I think it's a place for the conservative movement to look internally and say, all right, look, We can criticize the poison that fills the vacuum all we want. At the end of the day, we're not rising to the occasion if we don't fill that vacuum with something more meaningful, something more rich that dilutes the poison. But see, so so help me out because Vivek, I think and I know religion plays a big part, you know, in in the book and in your life. Um, The 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 right would say we do our civic duty we're much more charitable we work through our churches i know people who go on missions all the time i mean we do do our civic duty that's what they would say the left well, i think we need more of that i okay. think we need more of that uh, and so i think that there's i think there's true i think there's definitely that, that's why i'm that's why i'm more interested in speaking to the conservative movement than i am to the left because i think that there's a greater chance of filling that national vacuum if we're gonna have to pick which which political party or which political movement is going to do it. I'm more optimistic about the conservative movement. So that's why I'm, you know, preaching, preaching to that choir rather than the other one, because I think that's their best chance of success. I think we need to revive that, though. And I, and I think there's one of two directions for the future of the conservative movement, either one that wallows in a new version of victimhood in response to left wing victimhood, which I've been, by the way, a big critic of. And, and a lot of what I'm saying is a self-reflection, Glenn. I have spent the last two years criticizing a lot of woke victimhood culture, left-wing victimhood culture. But one of the things I've learned, looking talking about introspection for myself, is how much hey, we're moving the needle a little bit by putting the spotlight on the problem. But if we want to move the needle in a big way, I mean, we've got a generation left to save the identity of this country. And if we're going to do it, it's not going to come just by pointing our finger no. at all of the hypocrisies of the other side, because that would take all of our time. No, We would have no time left, and time would have run out before we're actually able to save our national identity. We need to fill the void of national identity with something else. And what I offer in this book is, is, is two visions for that. One is the revival of the shared pursuit of excellence. That's part of what I'm working on, by the way, in the private sector. In the, board, in the letter that I sent to the board of directors of Chevron last week, through what I'm doing at Strive, I'm trying to do that through the private sector That's still only half the story, though. And I think that as citizens, we also need to revive our sense of civic duty to start talking about that more. You know, I think I think it's a provocative idea I offered in my last book. I talk about in this one, too, of even thinking about weaving civic service into education. That's something that makes conservatives, a lot of libertarian leaning conservatives, even myself 10 years ago, would have recoiled at that idea. That feels like it's it's an infringement on our liberty. Well, what I say is, first of all, if you start at a young enough age, we accept that children under the age of 18 or 16 are not yet free agents in the world. We have to create those citizens. And weaving the idea of service, of identity as a citizen in your country, is part of what allows you to actually be an unapologetic capitalist, an unapologetic free agent once you do enter that world. And, and part of the problem, I think, is that we have an entire generation, my generation, that never learned how to do actual service, nor how to pursue their self-interest in their own right by commingling the two. We never learned how to actually do either one on its own. And so I think we'll actually create great, a greater generation of capitalists, a greater generation of free individualist agents in the world if we also revive this idea of living out our civic duties. And I think that you're right. A lot of conservatives in their private lives do it. 
I think we need to make that a part of a North Star. I think of you're, the, what it means to be a conservative in America. I think you're seeing that now with the takeover of the school boards and you know the the local uh, uh, city councils, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, conservatives, you know, they were busy keeping their nose, you know, to their business and down to the grindstone and et cetera, et cetera, and just thought, oh, this exactly. is all being taken care of. It, it, it was being taken care of, just not in a way we, we appreciate. Exactly. And one of the things I like to do, Glenn, is sometimes just let's take a step back from the present. Let's take a walk through history. So, so one of the things I do in the book is actually – I talked to a lot about a post-Civil War history in the Reconstruction era, but one of the areas of history I go to is actually Roman history. And one of the things I reminded myself of is, you know, you hear a lot of analogies today between the fall of the American experiment and the fall of Rome. Well, well guess what? There was no one rise or one fall of Rome. There were many rises mm-hmm. and many falls. And, 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 and you know what? I don't think we're done with this American experiment quite yet either. There were many rises and many falls of Rome. There were many rises and many falls of this country and this great experiment as well. And I tell the story of, it was, it was an interesting one. I hadn't studied it since high school. Emperor Septimius Severus, he was known as the Black Emperor. Okay, that's how I studied him in high school, at least. One of the things I learned while doing the research for this book is actually, he only got that name, the Black Emperor, in the last few decades, as he was redescribed in modern American history. There was a TV series that, that highlighted the story of the first, first black man to walk on England's soil came not as a slave, but as a conqueror. And then they made a whole narrative around it. Well, the funny thing is, if you go back to the Roman era, people could see that he had dark skin, but it was no different than someone having dark eyes or dark hair. The thing they actually cared about was, were you a Roman citizen or were you not? Were you a member of this nation or were you not? That's how they actually saw him. And in a certain sense, we have created our vision, even of history. He's the black emperor we need, not the black emperor he actually was. That was never how the Romans saw him. And it just shows you how anachronistically even we view history, that if we're able to take off the goggles of the present, the filters of the present, and actually even just take ourselves out of the present, it suddenly becomes politically less controversial. We're able to talk about these ideas in ways that are a thousand years removed. But then you come back to the present and you see what a strange world it is that we live in. And I think that that's one of the reasons I felt compelled to write this book. It's not for everybody, but if you're a lover of history, if, if you're interested in potentially the parallels between Roman history and modern American history, how we got here dating back to the post-Civil War Reconstruction era where victimhood culture began, and, and I think how we were able to translate that into the victimhood culture that we see today, you know, for, for those who actually enjoy that walk through history, that's who this book is, was intended for, in contrast to Woke Inc., my last book, which is, which is more about current events and, and the current era. This is a walk through history that gives us, hopefully, a different view of the present. Yeah, well, you've really targeted the wrong audience for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> this, this audience, it, that's you are speaking their language. Uh, it is great. It's called A Nation of Victims, uh, and it's written by Vivek Rameshwamy, and we appreciate everything that you do, Vivek. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks. Nation of Victims, a must read. All right, back in just a second. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I go back and forth, I go back and forth on, you know, looking at, um, the house, selling the house, keeping the house, yada, yada. I, I, I don't know what to do. Honestly, I wrote to my wife, um, yesterday as I was going through the, uh, the show prep from yesterday, you can get it at glenbeck.com every day. But uh, I'm, I was going through that, and I saw some stories about what's coming. I'm going to share some things, that what's coming. And I thought, 
uh, I don't know if we should own a house. I don't know. And then I go, well, what do you own? Where do you, what's safe? I don't know. Look, if you're struggling with this and you have to move or you've decided I'm going to move, please get the best real estate agent you can find. Get the one that will get it right the first time. There's so much at stake here with this investment. It's a free service to you. We have agents all over the country. A number of years ago, I started the company that works with these agents and sets them up with people like you. It's called Real Estate Agents I Trust. You should call them today. Free service. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. I, uh, I'm going to make a pretty crazy prediction. Um, That's so unlike you. It's so unlike me. So unlike you. You are going to see the oil industry in America and the energy industry, mainly the energy companies, I think, all nationalized um, in the next probably couple of years. Mm. Uh, if we stay on this road, you know, I, I was reading that story about Buttigieg. He's interested in that California ban on new gas cars. Oh, is he? I'd say, yeah, the states are leading the way on that. Wow. My gosh. Maybe that is interesting, should, isn't maybe, it? Maybe, yeah. Maybe hmm. we should do that nationwide. Well, what does that do? If you ban new gas cars, you have now sealed the fate of all of the oil companies. It's over. It's over. You have just made a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're done. This is ESG, and this is how it works. So what does that mean? You're going to see in the next few months energy companies in uh, in Europe not being able to afford to get get energy to people's houses and people won't be able to afford the energy. So the state will step in and say, you can't charge more than this. Well, what happens? That means those energy companies go out of business. Well, they can't go out of business. Lo and behold, here comes the government to save everybody's life. It's coming. Glenn Back Program. Uh, hopefully we can avoid that. Uh, Jason writes in about his dog's experience with rough greens. He said, my dogs will actually push my hand away when I mix rough greens into their dog food bowls just so they can stout, stop, <laughs> just so they can start chowing down on it. Their fur is much more shiny. They have lots of energy. I definitely recommend uh, for anybody who has dogs, rough greens. Thank you so much, Jason. I know what you mean. Once you put rough greens on the food, get out of the way. I've got a couple of big German shepherds. Get out of the way. Rough greens, not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on the dog's food. And it's chock, chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. You name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's most likely in rough greens. The folks at Rough Greens want to make sure that you don't spend a dime with them that you don't need to spend. They want to make sure your dog likes it, so they're going to send you a free trial bag, just a little bit of it, so you can feed it to your dog for a couple of days, just to make sure that they'll eat it and they like it. If they do, get the full bag, and you will watch a change in your dog over the coming months that was astounding to me. First trial bag, free, pay for shipping, roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-GLENN33. Don't forget to use the promo code GLEN20 for $20 off your subscription at blazetv.com.
This is the Glenn Beck program. So, um, the the guy who's running for for uh, the Senate in uh, Pennsylvania, even the Washington Post has come out and said, "Okay, guys, come on." No, have uh, they? I didn't. I missed. Oh yeah, that. Washington Post came out oh, with an wow. editorial and said, "Come on, we need his medical records. You're hiding him. He's way out of control." Um, his uh, name is John Fetterman. Here he is, just in a, so a few clips, in one speech from yesterday. My name is John Fetterwoman. Mm, okay. Uh. Mm. Okay. Do we mm-hmm. have more? Do we have the other yeah. clips? We yeah. Don't? We, oh, we, we do? Yeah. Uh, what, what? I think so. Do you not have more? Okay. Because it's fr- from uh, my show this morning. We've got uh, Cut 8. Cut 8. Campaign speech highlights. No? Yes? Okay. They don't have it? Yeah, here it is. You didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it, making light of it, or telling Mm. you that you're not fit to be served. Can you describe... serve? Oof. A stroke. What's happened? So, I I use the Mm. example. So, pretend I was... I want to go to Wegmans. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Oh, no. no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey, is a miracle. He had a chance. And another He portion. had a chance to match me up again. Abortion is the ballot now in November. Oh, just wow. some highlights of the low lights. Now they're really. saying that um, the reason why he won't debate is because uh, he'll. It's it's too hard for somebody who had a stroke. To concentrate with the cameras, with the audience and everything else, you'll have a hard time concentrating and hearing. Well, what do you think the Senate's going to be like, dude? Yeah. I mean, this is really very dangerous. We already have one in Joe Biden. Really? You're going to do it again? Well, really. Then there's Nancy Pelosi. Oh. There's Dianne Feinstein. Really bad. This is really bad. Well, they need people like this that they can just, the system can run. That's why they like them. The yeah. system will just run it. And it's it's extraordinarily dangerous. Okay, let me uh, let me move on here. Let me tell you about uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He admitted that Facebook uh, censored uh, Hunter Biden's The Laptop Story for seven days after the FBI warned of Russian propaganda. This is an update on this. It was in the final days of the Trump administration. Now under Biden, it seems that the White House has gotten a little more friendly with the social media companies. Earlier this month, a big lawsuit from the attorney generals of Missouri and Louisiana unearthed some pretty big findings Um, in July of 2021 after Biden accused Facebook of killing people. By not censoring COVID information, you remember that, an executive at Facebook or Meta told Biden's Surgeon General that they got the message And Meta and the government officials met to discuss what the White House expectations were going forward. This is just one example. 
the lawsuit provided a lot more evidence of government collusion with social media companies. A judge recently ordered the White House to turn over the communications between these companies and top uh, press officials and Dr. Fauci. Both the White House and the companies deny any direct censorship. So what does it look like? Well, let me give you this. Just last month, my social media team, and this is an update on this story, found that over 60 videos posted on my account had been demonetized practically overnight. Some of them were originally posted as far back as February. Now, it's important to understand the difference between being um, demonetized and a violation. A violation means we broke Facebook's rules and could get banned. These videos are just demonetized because they're too sensitive for advertisers. And the way this works is very telling. Facebook allows advertisers to vaguely choose what kind of videos they want to associate themselves with. But some content is always demonetized, no matter what the advertiser wants. This category includes misinformation. And that's determined by a list of independent third-party fact-checkers, who, which are not really independent and not all that fact-checky. So with all of that in mind, we dug through the list of newly demonetized videos and look what was hit. My podcast with uh, Vivek exposing ESG. My uh, podcast with James Lindsay exposing CRT. One from March titled Biden's New World Order, which remember was his quote. A video of Biden saying MAGA Republicans are the most extreme political organization in America, which he's now upgraded to a threat to democracy. A few videos where I debunked CNN's article on the rise of white Christian nationalism, pretty much everything I've ever said about George Soros, and a whole lot about the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, and FBI corruption. Now, we don't know what happened. Um, we have been on the phone for several weeks now fighting Facebook on these decisions, and we won. Facebook remonetized many of these videos, but that makes me wonder why they were flagged in the first place. I find it interesting that this occurred the same month that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago and warned everybody about increased domestic violent extremism. I've told you before about what the FBI is now using to identify political domestic extremists. Do you fear an economic collapse? Well, that sounds like me. Do you voice fears about big government? Yeah, that's me. Do you believe in the Great Reset or a New World Order conspiracy? Now, I doubt that the FBI cares it's the conspiracy theory or the conspiracy fact. I don't think they care. Do you believe crazy things like the fact that America had a Christian founding? If you, by the way, want to learn that that is 100% true, you can watch my Glenn Beck TV special from a few weeks ago called Proof America's Heritage is Not White Christian Nationalism. Facebook didn't like it, but it will always be available on Blaze TV. Wrong think is a problem now. They have banned us over and over and over again. They have demonetized our videos. This is very important to us. My videos still exist in their entirety on Blaze TV. And people say, why do you use these things? We use them because we have to get our voices out beyond our own platforms. We have to find new people. And the algorithms already make that damn near impossible. But 
I want to ask you again for your support of Blaze TV. It is one of the last remaining digital spaces that allows truly free speech. There's a there's a handful of us. And when you find one of them, this is not like subscribing to Netflix or anything else. These are the places that will actually tell you the truth with the evidence. And we will admit it when we get wrong. I would like you to join us at Blaze TV. Get the news and cultural coverage that you cannot get anywhere else. Because what we discuss here can't be discussed anywhere else, especially on so-called public platforms. So this week, and this week only, we're offering $20 off our one-year subscription to Blaze TV. It is crucial that we have you in our family so we can communicate, so you know the truth, you have access to it, and um, we're, we're in direct contact with each other. Use the promo code GLEN20, get Blaze TV special discount this week only, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code GLEN20, and uh, let's save our country. And restore hope and truth. Who do I have? John? Sean? John? Sean, is that you? No, this is Glenn. Glenn? This, this, we're John Fatterwoman. Pen- I don't think. Sean, Pennsylvania deserves a guy who is over 6'8". I. And doesn't I, own his shirt with a collar. I, I don't. Uh, Pennsylvania, Sean, deserves a Senate man this, who has never had a job, but has the guts to live in his parents' basement. Okay, I, uh, I, I this isn't Sean in the first place. Mark? No. Is that you? No, it's not. No. Mark, Dr. Oz lives in a big house. Eight minutes from here. Right. And it's big. But I don't. You you don't what? I don't live there with him. I live in a different place. I didn't think anybody... Because my name is John Fetterwoman. It's actually Fetterman. That was a I, t-shirt. I have bad cramps right now. Cramps? Have you did any Midol? Have I what? Have you did any Midol? No. Pamperin? No, I don't have... Any of that. Dan! Uh, no. Dan, I'm, I'm in pain it's right not now. It's Dan. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you very much. John Fetterman apparently just deciding to call in. It was good to talk to him. Warranties are designed to expire. That's just the cold hard truth. And as you well know, as soon as your warranty's out, lo and behold, the check engine light goes on. Don't worry about the check engine light anymore. You could be on a monthly plan that will keep you covered every single month. Something goes by. This is like medical insurance for your car. And it's for when, you know, your car has cancer. You're like, uh, and it doesn't wipe you out. Car Shield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. All you have to do is choose the mechanic to do the work and Car Shield administrators handle everything else. They also will take care of you on the road when your car breaks down. You're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, trip reimbursement, no extra cost. Lock your price in today, and it will never go up. Uh Uh-huh, I actually said that. CarShield has my back, should have your back. Get coverage like I have with CarShield. 
Go to carshield.com slash Beck, carshield.com slash Beck, or call 800-391-8888, 800-391-8888. Save 10% on your plan, carshield.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation, 888-727-BECK. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. There is a, um, a really good article on um, why this recession is different, and it's from uh, Charles Hugh Smith. And let me just give you some of the highlights. I uh, hope to be able to go through all of this um, by the end of the week. But um, they're saying deglobalization is inflationary. Listen, listen to these, these things because they, they, they will change everything. Deglobalization is inflationary. Offshore production to low-cost countries imported deflation. Product prices remain flat or decline and boosted corporate profits. Deglobalization will increase the costs and pressure profits. Just as cleaning up the environmental damage did, um, you know, in the 1970s, reshoring essential supply chains will impose costs, pushing prices higher. Everything costs more in developed economies due to their high wages and social costs, pensions, health care, etc., high taxes, strict environmental standards, and extensive regulations. So consumers will pay more as supply chains are onshored and secured. Okay? We didn't have that in other recessions. This one, energy will cost more. The price of oil and natural gas will fluctuate and could drop significantly as global demand drops. But in the long run of the easy-to-access energy, it has been depleted and all energy will cost more now. Consumers will pay more regardless of where the goods and services come from. Capital will no longer have zero cost. Interest rates may return to a near zero, but over time, the cost of credit and borrowing is going to rise. The 40-plus year cycle of credit is bottomed out and is reversing. Global risks are much higher than generally recognized. Um, Definancialization will revalue assets. This is where the metal meets uh, the, uh, yeah, the metal meets the, well, the pedal meets the, Anyway, this is where it gets <laughs> dicey. Definancialization will revalue assets. The hyper-financialization that fueled global growth for the past 40 years depended on the cost of credit falling. Interest rates fell, regarding uh, rewarding borrowers and buyers of bonds, which increased the value uh, with each click down in the interest rate. These trends are reversing. Credit will cost more. As profits from globalization dry up, credit costs rise as asset valuations based on cheap credit and rising profits will be replaced and repriced lower. Assets that benefit from scarcity may increase in value. There are many other factors. Uh, Generational selling as the elderly sell assets to fund their retirement. Global capital flows as money flees insecure periphery nations for the core. Um, heightened risk will revalue whatever is deemed safe and secure. Unprecedented inequality will drive clawbacks, wealth taxes, and expropriations of wealth viewed as illegitimate or excessive. Wealth will take a hit, affecting the top 10% who have almost 90%. If history is a guide, 
private wealth globally will not find a new home that will preserve current valuations. The losses will fall lightly on those who own few assets, the majority, and heavy on losses of those who own most of the assets, the top 5%. This reverse wealth effect will reduce their ability to spend, consume, shrinking shrinking luxury uh, discretionary spending, which makes things worse, and then labor scarcities. This is... This is laying out what I think is true, the natural chain of events. Um, this is what I re- read yesterday, and I sent it to my wife. and said, we were really not to talk about this. Because everything that you thought was solid is going to become liquid. Um, you know, everything is going to change. And especially if they continue down this road of ESG. And what Buddha Judge said yesterday about, hey, you know, California has a great idea. Maybe we should ban all gasoline cars by 2035. That is a disaster. Disaster. And so many millions of people will suffer and die because of this grand experiment. The Glenn Back Program. By the way, um, we're speaking to you now on the Blaze TV platform. Uh, and uh, so we can say these things because we can say whatever we want on Blaze TV. Uh, and we would really appreciate you becoming a Blaze TV supporter. There are other uh, other platforms that we run this section of the show on. And if you happen to be listening to us or watching us on one of those, Please become a subscriber to Blaze TV. We need your uh, help and we need your alliance and unity now more than ever. Use the promo code GLEN20 and get the Blaze TV uh, at a special discount, 20% off right now. Your first year's subscription, blazetv.com, blazetv.com. Remember, promo code is GLEN20. Twisted Freak, I am going to introduce you to somebody who has come with the highest uh, endorsements, in my opinion, and is somebody that could be going as the first Republican congressman in all of New England. Uh, I think we should probably work on this race a little bit. Tim Baxter is his name. He's running in New Hampshire for the he's a state representative. Now he's running for the U.S. House for New Hampshire. The primary is today. I think you should meet this guy. We'll talk to him in 60 seconds. So let's just do a little time tunnel thing and see if we can all remember. First, inflation wasn't real. It's not real. It's a conspiracy. Then it was real. Then it was transitory. I don't even know what that means. 
course it's transitory. Uh, then it wasn't transitory. It's here to stay. And I'm sorry to say, it's really super, super bad, but we can have an economic soft landing. But now it's a soft landing abandoned brace for impact. They've been lying to why do we keep going to these people? Why do we keep buying all of their lies over and over again? How many times do they have to lie to us before we're like, I'm not listening to you anymore? Do yourself a, a favor. There is, I think, the best deal I have ever seen from Goldline happening right now, this week only. Every roll of the new Benjamin Franklin Stand in Love quarter ounce gold rounds, you're going to receive 50 of the matching one ounce copper rounds and 25 mind your business silver bars at no additional cost. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, by the way, these Benjamin Franklin uh, things, I've designed them along with Goldline and they were produced, I believe, in the Canadian Mint. And they are in gold, they're in silver, and they're in copper. These are great for trade. These aren't official U.S. currency. I'll have you know that right now. And you wouldn't do that. You would want something that was a collector item that if things, you know, ever got to be like, I'm really interested in collecting, you might be able to trade for other things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Call Goldline now, will you? Call them. Find out about this special before the end of the week. It's 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Tim Baxter. Welcome, sir. Glenn, thank you so much for having me. You bet. I uh, I reached out to Thomas Massey a couple of weeks ago when I before I went on vacation. I said, Thomas, who is out there that is that you think is a warrior for the Constitution? Yours was the first one he uh, he mentioned. So we wanted to get you on. Welcome. Um, tell us about yourself. Well, well, thanks again for having me. I'm a small business owner. I'm a volunteer state representative. I founded a nonprofit in my community to help people get off of drugs. And I'm a conservative fighter. I've been fighting for the Constitution and the legislature. I led the fight um, for medical freedom against vaccine passports. I've been leading the fight against illegal immigration. And I'm running for Congress because up is down now, and we need warriors like Thomas Massey to push back against the swamp on both sides. People like McCarthy, uh, you know, Paul Ryan 2.0, on top of Pelosi, they're all complicit in the destruction of our country, and we need the right people that are unafraid to take bold action, and that's why I stepped up to fight back. So the guy that's running against you for the Republican primary today is a guy who's already lost uh, once, uh, I think, by five right. points to a Democrat. Um, this is this is really important to flip this seat, and uh, nobody's done it. You'd be the only uh, Republican in all of New England in Congress. What makes you think you can do it? What's connecting uh, or people need to hear from you? Hello? Tim, oh, this is what happens when Meta gets oh, involved. Wow. You mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Meta mm -hmm. in in league with Big Oil and Dick Cheney and Wow Fauci. It's yeah. all it's all rolled up into one. Had a good guy on. Now he's just been disappeared. Let's let's. I'm worried about him. Yeah, I have to. We were just yeah, getting to know just him. Just getting to know. We him. lost him. We lost. Wow. Him. Too soon. Too soon. Way. You call. You calling him back? Let me just let me just tell you a couple of things about him. Um, 
He has called for the abolishment of the IRS. Okay. Nice. Biden's like impeachment. Yes. Ending CRT, securing the border, f- uh, federal abortion ban, and, uh, and annihilating the swamp. Now, mm. Tim, can we just start with that sexy, sexy idea, abolishing the IRS? Amen. That's what we need to do. Uh, and that's something you're talking about how we win. We're doing a couple of things very differently. Number one, Chris Pappas, the incumbent, he's from the biggest city in the district and for the state. And so Matt Maurer's last time, he avoided it because the conventional wisdom was he's already got the votes there. We've taken the opposite approach. We set up our campaign headquarters there and we're hustling for every single vote. That's going to help us today in the primary, but it's going to help us defeat Pappas in the general as well. And the other big thing is my stance against Kevin McCarthy. I've been very clear that I'm a hell no vote on Kevin McCarthy because he's corrupt. We don't need these swamp rats running our government. And that's something independents can identify with because Pappas is beholden to to Pelosi. And Mowers is in the back pocket of uh, Kevin McCarthy. That's why McCarthy's super PAC has spent $3 million. And I've been telling voters, you know, imagine what someone expects in return from you if they spent $3 million mm-hmm. on you. I, 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 will, I will tell you, um, I don't hear a lot of Republicans talking about McCarthy, and I think he's, I think he is, uh, you know, cut from exactly the same cloth as all of those swamp rats are. That's right. And, you know, a lot of the people that are running for Congress or in Congress know it but they're just too afraid to do anything about it. And at the end of the day, the people of New Hampshire have to decide, are you going to let them buy your vote? Are you going to let them buy your vote? But you have another choice. You can vote for me. I've got a rock solid voting record. That's why I've been endorsed by Congressman Thomas Massey and Senator Rand Paul. I'm proud to be the only person in New Hampshire for any office that's endorsed by them. Uh, and so make sure to go out and vote today. If you're in the first district here in New Hampshire, vote for Baxter, vote for freedom. Baxterforcongress.com. Tim Baxter is his name in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, let me just ask you, um, uh, the, the whole Fauci thing, you were in your state house and you were very vocal and fought really hard to stop vaccine passports and everything else. What do you what are you planning on doing when it comes to Fauci and the CDC and everything else if the Republicans can gain control of Congress? Great question. So very early on, um, I called for putting Fauci in prison, which is where he belongs for lying under oath to the American public. And there's a lot of stuff on top of perjury that is extremely concerning about Fauci. So he needs to be investigated by the House Oversight Committee. But you see too often rhinos use investigations as cover to prevent taking real action. He needs to go to prison. And then the CDC should be abolished because the way they handled COVID was an absolute disgrace. And and my position on the CDC, big shocker when you're running against fake MAGA people and a a bunch of panderers, basically. I'm the only one with that position in my race. So if medical freedom is important to you, please go out and vote for me, Tim Baxter, today. Tim, best of luck. We'll be watching tonight uh, in 
in New Hampshire. And if you don't happen to win, this call never happened. We're for the other guy or woman or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, best of luck to you. I, I, uh, I hope you win. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Um, that's Tim Baxter. You can find him at BaxterForCongress.com. You know, I, I, there is something that's happening, and I've talked to the Republicans. If you plan on just running on, we're going to have hearings. I mean, no, nobody's, no, you're, you're, this, is your last, this is your last election. This is it. If the Republicans don't take this on this time, they never will. They never will. Everything from the Hunter Biden to the Fauci to where is our sixty billion dollars in uh, in Ukraine? Where is that? Where did it go? Where where is that money? Any of that come back here? I'm just saying. I'm just asking questions. Any of that come back here? Uh, you know, there there are things here that are absolutely criminal, and if they don't take care of them, uh, and they let, I mean, did you see the? Uh, the uh, new report out about the IRS and who's really going to be affected. Mm. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is coming from the GAO. They're saying it's going to be the average citizen to lower class citizen that is going to be hit the hardest. It's the way it happens every time. Every time. Every time. And they tell us every time, no, no, this is for the elites. This is for the rich. This is for the millionaires. No, it's not. This is for this is for the people who don't pay any income tax, but they make a billion dollars a year. No, that's not who's affected. And if we don't, uh, if we can't do things now, if we can't get the Republicans, Republicans, you're over. You are over after this election. Uh, and I have to tell you, you would have a very good shot of somebody like Donald Trump coming in and splitting a party and actually winning. Uh, as a as a, a completely different uh, party, because it, it's we've had enough of it. And I think Republicans and Democrats have had enough of it. Enough. Enough is enough. But let me tell you about a better system. Um, one of the guys who's very high up uh, in the energy section, um, he's in fact, he's a he's a really, really big deal in the uh, energy um, section of Russia accidentally fell to his death off of his boat at a very high speed this weekend. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He fell overboard Gosh. from the speeding vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, his body was recovered, but they just, but he was dead. It, it yeah. didn't get back to him in time. Yeah. And what now, happened? here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. He was, uh, he was not exactly for <laughs> Putin. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. That's surprising. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Huh. I'm and, sure that's pure coincidence, though, right? That's just a coincidence. Oh, sure. Because there was just a guy last week in the energy sector in Russia who fell out of a window in his hotel room. Yeah. You got to be more yeah. careful. He he died from that fall. He did. Yeah. 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 He, so he was died. completely dead. He was completely dead. <laughs> he fell from a window. And then... This guy who fell from the the boat, uh, the boat uh-huh. his boss strangely committed suicide. Oh wow! Uh, it just uh, just a couple of months ago. That is a bad couple. Bad. Of <laughs> it's bad. You're working there. Yeah, that's... you're like, boy, I I mean, I think I'm gonna up my insurance. 
because man, the luck here really is not good. Just it's not good. Did they put the? Do you know? Did they put the? Uh, hey, we mm. just mopped here. Floor is very sl- slippery on the boat or by I the window. Don't at the hospital. think they did, and it's huh. that negligence that yeah. uh, cost these men their lives. Yeah, it's really a shame. Yeah, you know, could have been averted. You know, the guy who fell out the window. He fell mm. out of the window, I believe, at the hospital. Mm. He was at the, so it's a oh, good yeah, place to right. fall he out. Of the, he was at the hospital. He was at the hospital, and uh, which is, I mean. Was that like a 90-story hospital? Yeah, it happens all the time. (laughs) Happens all the time, you know. There's a lot of Uh, hospital windows you could fall out of and not die. You know, back in July, another guy that was in the energy sector, he was also found dead. That's amazing. He had, they don't know what caused it, but (laughs) he was found dead in his swimming pool with several holes in him. Oh, no, really? And again, they don't know... Huh, where the holes came from? They have no idea. Was he rotting from the inside out? Is could that have, what happened? Could have been. And there were just wow. like these fissures just wow. opened up. And they were about... Dang it. You know, they were bigger on the other <laughs> side and smaller. <laughs> really? Yeah. That is strange. Yeah, it's really... It's really strange. Really weird. Really weird. Because his family, his uh-huh. uh, wife and his daughter... Also had the same condition. Oh wow! Yeah, and they were all in the pool together. They were there, all right there. It's uh, we should find out. Maybe it's monkeypox. Wow! It might. It could be. I'm just saying. Yeah, could be. But if it was monkeypox, we would, of course, have to do the uh, giving Sarah. Uh, yes, the monkeypox update. What could go wrong with this? I mean, you know, the guy who's our new czar, mm-hmm. which is weird. He's, I mean, I'm not saying that he's a Satanist, but I'm not not saying it either. Right? Well, just because you got pentagrams tattooed across your body. Right. That doesn't mean you're a and Satanist the necessarily. the fact that when you were in the Atlantic... Yeah. You had your shirt open, and it not only exposed the pentagram, mm-hmm. but also the leather pentagram. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what it leather pants or I don't know what it was, but the, but the you know suspenders were weird. It had the pentagram right there on the front, so you could see the tattoo and his pentagramish pants. Huh. Wow. So. It's a powerful it's a fashion powerful statement. And the fact that he was married in a uh, dark cultish wedding. Oh. Okay. I don't even know okay. what that is. Hey, you want to come? It's a theme. It's a dark cultish wedding. You want to? <laughs> sure. What do I bring? I mean, I was going to bring a gift, but you both have the leather pants with the mm. pentagram <laughs> suspenders. So I just don't know what to get you. I What do you get a person who has everything like that? <laughs> who has everything. You know, he's a prince. He's a prince of a guy. Prince of dark. Anyway, Nina wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. Says, uh, Relief Factor got me out of pain. Now I can work in my flower garden, walk my dog, and run up and down the stairs without being in pain. I also now sleep through the night without an ice pack on my knee. I absolutely love Relief Factor. You know, there is another way to go. I mean... You could just get the leather pants, and I'll get you out of pain. I'm just saying, take the shot. Take the shot. 
Uh, all right, I don't know what that was all about. Three-week quick start developed just for you is 1995. Don't worry, it's only you hearing this voice. Nobody else is. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them have gone on to order more. It says a lot. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. The 1995 three-week quick start developed just for you. Again, that's relieffactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I understand we have uh, from Modesto, California, uh, Bob, Bob the Antichrist. Hello, Bob. Right. Hello, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. You know, a lot of people would, a lot of people have written into the show and say that's not the Antichrist. Um, I mean, he sounds like just like a regular guy that works at a grocery store. What do you expect the Antichrist to sound like? Well, I mean, what are you you saying that this uh, this new guy in the administration is the Antichrist? Well, I'm not saying that. I I'm mean, I'm pissed off. This guy's uh, nothing but a poser. What do you mean he's a poser? He's a he's a poser. He's not a he's not the real deal. He's really? not the real anybody. And this is coming from you, the Antichrist. Right, right. Which what, what do you do for? I mean, uh, living? I sack groceries at Ralph's it, in California. Yeah, not a surprise you're mm-hmm. in California, but, Sacramento, California. Yeah, Sacramento, California. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. and make good tips though. Really, I have six point two trillion dollars in the bank. <laughs> Just really from good tips. tips. Really good wow, tips. Wow, really good tips. Yeah. And uh, you decided to take the bagging job there at Ralph's? I did. For what For what reason? Well, because who would suspect the Antichrist as a, a bagger yeah. at Ralph's? Right. Not that many people. Not a lot of people. Would ever get. Not a lot of people. But you say this guy who's now the czar. Right. I can't have this. I can't have yeah. Anybody can put a tattoo of a pentagram on his chest yeah. or wear, you know, bondage leather. And yeah. make pentagrams on their are you wearing, or whatever are you, are you, he did. Are you wearing pentagram uh, leather pants now? I am not. That's for posers. Okay. That's for suck-ups. <laughs> really? That's for a guy who says, look at me, Satan. I'm the real deal. Right. He's not. He's not. He's not. Okay. He's not I even a, a pentagram. In fact, I got pentagram, pentagram clothing. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, You're you just don't. a social media whore. That's really? all you are. <laughs> That's all he is. Really? Yeah. So there's no thing, I mean, he's not working for you or not anything? Not working for me, not working for Satan. No. All right. No, huh. complete fraud. Oh, so you're not Satan. No, no, you're just, no, the, Antichrist. just the Antichrist. Yeah, okay, I'm right. sorry. That's do right. You, do you talk to him from time to time? I mean... Every day. Really, every yeah. day you do? Every day. At the grocery store or other places? Don't be ridiculous. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask that question. Wow. So you are. You talk to him every day. Is there a chance... I tell him not to bother me at work, frankly. Really? Yeah, I'm busy. I'm, yeah. I'm sacking groceries for right. people and getting work it out of Ralph. their trunk. Right, yeah. right, okay. So, so d- is there a chance that Satan may have this guy working for him? And he's not telling you. Absolutely not. Really? No. Why? Satan can't make a move that I don't know about. Really? I am plugged in. It seems a little arrogant for you. I mean, he is the author of all lies. I am the Antichrist. Okay. All right. When are you going to come out? I mean, it seems like a pretty good time. Uh, pretty soon. I was thinking coming out yesterday. Really? I mean, you would think things are bad enough right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Yeah. You would. But you're still <laughs> bagging groceries yet. today. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Okay. Very good to talk to uh, Bob the Antichrist uh, from, uh, what do you say, Sacramento, California. Good to know he's, he's got, yeah, sure, he's got the tip money, but he's not in action quite yet.
The Glenn Beck Program. So you haven't been storing back food for the coming shortage? Why not? Oh, maybe it's you live on a farm and you're you've you've got all the heirloom seeds. <laughs> <laughs> That's it exactly. Yes, that is exactly. Huh. Yeah. At what point are you moving to uh I don't know, uh hinderlands, Pat? I mean <laughs> Pretty soon. Pretty soon, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, My Patriot Supply is taking $250 off their three-month emergency food kit. It's their lowest price since 2019. Unlike a lot of companies out there, My Patriot Supply is fighting for you, and they want you and your family to be well-prepared no matter what happens. Limited time offer. So please, I'm urging you, take advantage now. Well, why am I saying that? I mean, we just talked to Bob the Antichrist. Mm, what right. could possibly go right. wrong? He's still bagging groceries. That's right. And He's, he hasn't shown himself he yet. He hasn't shown himself. <laughs> well, well, no, no, we got it from Bob. If Bob's the Antichrist, <laughs> then no, he hasn't shown himself. Limited time offer. Go to preparewithglenn.com right now. Get three-month emergency food kit for $250 off the regular price. It's preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear, Stephen Crowder, Steve Dace, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. He sounds like the Antichrist. Promo code. Doesn't he? Glenn 20. Nothing Whoa, like him. No, wow. Nothing like weird. Him. You know, I, I know this doesn't bother anybody else, but CNN is uh, the, the line as they're showing the Queen's body now going to the airport. Uh, they uh, have on the Chiron, uh, Queen Elizabeth makes her final journey to London. No, I think that's the last time she flew uh, to London. Her, her body is now flying, but she's gone. We, we, mm-hmm. we lost her. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, one last thing on this. Did you see the outrage over the advertisement that was on the hearse? No. Okay, so that's that's what? the way it's advertised. It-, it wasn't. It just said... Um, William Purves, funeral director, and it was on the side of the, you know, it's Greaves and Purves or whatever it was on the side window of the horse. They, they, mm. they always have that. Mm-hmm. They actually stopped the procession yesterday and they took it off of both sides because people were starting to point it out. And I don't know if they were upset that it was commercialization or if a guy named Purves <laughs> is in business burying your bodies. Uh, but it also... One other thing I'd just like to point out, it's kind of a hard bar to uh, uh, to, to, to get under here. Um, not only did you have pervs doing all of the work, um, but the hearse was uh, on its way to Holy Rood House. That's one word. Holy Rood House. Uh, that, that's a that's a that's a town. Holy Rood House. The British, uh, British. It's all you can say. You got to love them. You got to love them. However, I think right now, and I mean at this moment, check your watch. What time is it? At this moment, at thirty-six minutes past the hour, I believe Queen Elizabeth is probably better at a debate and a speech than Joe Biden. No question about yeah. that. No question. Yeah. She. I mean. Just a reminder, mm-hmm. she's been dead for five days, but I mm-hmm. think she'd be better, at least talking to the survivors uh, and the uh, people that are fighting cancer. Uh, here is uh, Joe Biden uh, yesterday. <clears throat> and I want to thank all of you, the cancer patients, survivors, caregivers, and don't jump from up there, okay? Uh, what, what, what is that? Uh, 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 
What is it's that no bizarre joke. thing? Uh, maybe that was a joke because he didn't follow it with no jokes. So right. Maybe that was a joke. I don't know. He's you're, done it multiple, multiple times. You're dealing with cancer. Don't jump. Okay. All right. Okay. I wasn't thinking about it. Wow. But uh, bizarre. Uh, really bizarre. Really bizarre. Uh, but he promised that um, you know moonshot speech. You know, President Kennedy said by the end of the decade we're gonna you know put a man on the moon and return him back, and it was kind of a big deal. He had his moonshot uh, yesterday, which is in uh, the next uh, ten years we're gonna reduce the cases of cancer. Power each. For each of the ways we know cancer today, mm-hmm. we know we can change the trajectory. Yeah. For example, mm-hmm. to prevent cancers, scientists are exploring whether mRNA vaccine technology ah. that brought us safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines <laughs> could be used mm-hmm. yeah. to stop cancer cells mm-hmm. when they first arise. Not a joke. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because you know what's happening to uh, Moderna and those those uh, vaccine companies? The contract with the United States government buying all those vaccines Stopping. ends. Stopping. Yeah. Yeah, ends. Interesting. So they're going to have kind of a hole in their budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that money is being choked off. Wouldn't it be great if they could cure cancer? Wouldn't it? We should fund. Wait a minute. He just said we're going to do a moonshot. You don't think that the government is coming in, coincidentally at this time, on their white horse to help fund this cancer research right at the same time the vaccine money drives. That is crazy. What a thought. Yeah. Um, By the way, another prediction. I told you uh, uh, last Mm. hour that – the government is going to uh, take over the uh, the energy sector, um, you know, especially the energy power plants and uh, eventually the oil and gas. I don't know which way it's going to come first, but it's coming uh, unless we stop it. But another thought I had just now is I wonder if, like, for instance, because they're going to own the energy sector because people are not going to be able to afford their bills for energy. Right. So, and the government is going to going to put a price cap on these energy companies. They're going to have to. They're going to have to put a price cap. And the energy companies are going to say, I can't stay in business. And, I mean, that's just an evil capitalist kind of thing. They should just uh, socialize, uh, 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 take the- over those companies. Uh, and that way we could all have really good government energy. Wouldn't that be great? Well, I wonder if they could do the same thing with the pharmaceuticals. I don't see why not. Not that I'm predicting that, but not that I'm not not predicting <laughs> that. Um, Brendan Fraser is in trouble this morning. As I just said, Brendan Fraser is in trouble. He is in a dehumanizing movie where he actually wore... Dare I say it? A fat suit. Mm. Yeah, he was portraying himself as 600 pounds, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, his film is called The Whale. (laughs) Now, I don't know if people even knew Brendan Fraser was around anymore, but he is. And um, boy, I got to tell you, the movie is full of dehumanizing fat phobia and anti-fat hate. Oh, no. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Um, 
anybody who says to me that, hey, Glenn, keep it going, man. Keep it going. You're looking good. Uh, <laughs> is is not somebody I trust. Uh, <laughs> You know, so he walks up and like, Glenn, hey, I've never seen you look better. <laughs> yeah, another yeah, another hundred him. pounds, man, <laughs> would serve you and your family really well, really well. I'm I'm questioning that. I'm questioning their motives. So anyone who says, hey, 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 stop fat shaming him. I actually am on. I'm I'm against that person because <laughs> I think that person doesn't have my best interest at heart because, uh, you know, you're not in shape and you're really fat. You are going to die from it. OK, it's very clear. It's very clear. I'm aware of that every time I stop for a milkshake. I know. You know, it's just right now where you're kind of like, I don't know, a few seconds of enjoyment with the milkshake. And a shorter life might be the best thing right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> so anyway, Brendan mm-hmm. Frazier, he's in Brendan trouble Frazier. Today. Oh, man. That darn fat yeah, shaming. Darn, darn. It's wrong, isn't it? It is. Oh, the fat shaming. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's terrible. Yeah. It really is. So um, in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. uh the uh, wildlife officials went in uh, to a house and they seized an alligator, drugs, guns, and money. It was in Albuquerque, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they're still searching now for a tiger that was being illegally kept as a pet. Now, investigators in New Mexico have narrowed it down. They say this tiger is somewhere in New Mexico or a nearby state. (laughs) Wow, that's really narrowing it down. Right. That's good. Right. Right. Uh, We don't have that big a search area. No, we we don't. Just the southwest United States. (laughs) And the search area may grow as time goes on as we don't find this tiger. Right. It might. But the tiger is uh, is said to be armed and dangerous, so <laughs> don't approach the tiger if you uh, if you see him. <sighs> that wouldn't be a problem for me. <laughs> well, I couldn't get away because I'm so damn fat. The tiger would be looking at me, going, "I don't know. That's so fatty. That just oh. <laughs> too much gristle. <laughs> it's just too much to eat." I'm like, "Come on, eat me, man. Come on. I won't mind going out by a tiger. Bring it on." He's like, "Whoa!" And he's mouthy. No. <laughs> <sighs> Now, the Washington Post editorial board has decided to blast John Fetterman. John Fetterman is a guy we just shockingly had on just last hour. Um, At least that's he claimed to be John Fetterman. Uh, The Washington Post is now saying, come on, guys, you got to release his medical records. This is ridiculous. Now, that's not too much to ask when you're running for the U.S. Senate and you clearly still have. You know, serious issues with that. 
and you're dem- demonstrating it every day, and we and can't not, ask this, about your medical records? This Come isn't, on. This isn't, uh, this, this isn't, you know, I think he's senile. We know the guy had a stroke. And nearly died. Right. We heard him speak before, mm-hmm. and now we're hearing him sp- speak now. Exactly. And it doesn't. Yeah. There's some questions here. There's, There's some, some questions. Yeah. Uh, listen to this. This is from the Washington Post. Since returning to the campaign trail, Mr. Fetterman has been halting in his performances. He stammers, appears confused, and keeps his remarks short. He's held no news conferences. Mr. Fetterman acknowledges his difficulties with auditory processing, which makes it hard for him to respond quickly to what he's hearing. He receives speech therapy, and we wish him a speedy full recovery, but the lingering unanswered questions about his health, underscored by his hesitation to debate, are unsettling. They went on to say mm. he's he's been kept you know, away from public, I'm thinking, are you, you do realize this is exactly the same thing that happened with Joe Biden, right? Exactly. You got that, right? Right. He, he ran the campaign from his basement. Basement. <laughs> wow. So, wow. so why are they doing this? So why is the Washington Post, do they suddenly have this, you know, oh my gosh, we've been completely immoral. We should change <laughs> that. I don't think so. Why are they doing this? So they can be on the record as questioning it, you know, because they're not, he's not going wrong. anywhere. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Now, if they make this into a campaign on like, hey, this guy, I mean, hello. I mean, just the statement from Fetterman's uh, people where they said, um, you know, he's avoiding debates because of his condition. Uh, it's it's hard for him to hear and process a lot of sound. Well, I don't want the guy driving his own car, mm-hmm. let alone driving our nation. If that's the yeah. case, I know. I, I mean, uh, maybe it's just me, but maybe he should be in the basement. At least, I mean, you know, it's like, can we put the sticker should not operate heavy machinery? I mean, mm-hmm. it would be a pretty good idea if this guy was working. In some industry where he had a nail gun, would you hand him the nail gun or would you say, hey, John, sit down, man. Sit down. Nah, I want to go back work. Uh, Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But put the nail gun down. The guy, anyone in the Senate's going to have a nail gun or worse. Mm -hmm. Hey. It's cool, man. I appreciate everything that you've done in the past, and I wish you a speedy recovery. I really do. But odds are, I've had strokes in my family before. Odds are, it's not going to happen. But maybe with you, and then, you know what? Come back. But right now, put down the nail gun. That won't happen unless the people of Pennsylvania insist on it. And, you know, if you're a Democrat in Pennsylvania, enough is enough. Don't you think? Really? Enough is enough? Back in the good old days, if a man wanted to rob you blind, you just beat the crap out of you in a dark alley and stole your wallet. I mean, you know, times were simpler. You know, we liked it. We walked in the alley knowing we could be beat up, but we liked it. Now cyber criminals exist. 
And they've never been more sophisticated in taking what's yours, including your money and your identity. Cybercrime is not going away. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affects your life and can really truly destroy your life. Please don't cut internet safety out of your budget. Get 25% off on a subscription with LifeLock today. It's the top of the line in cybersecurity, both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to their restoration team if you do end up having a problem and your information is hacked into. So please call now, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. They're the best in the business. They're not going to stop everything, but that's why they have the restoration team. Get your first year at 25% off at lifelock.com. Lifelock.com, promo code back, 1-800-LIFELOCK. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh my gosh! I I last night I got into bed and I somebody had sent me uh, the uh, full comedy special from Jim Brewer. Somebody had to say it. Mm. I, I think it lasts. I think it's like an hour. And uh, I, I laid in bed until my stomach hurt. I had to turn it off a half a half hour, and my stomach was killing me, laughing so hard. He really he, funny. He takes on uh, the whole. COVID thing mm-hmm. in in a way I've not ever seen before. And he's relentless. Relentless. It's phenomenal. It's, it's outrageous. Hysterical. Yeah. Hysterical. It it it's it's what comedy used to be like. I mean, really, mm-hmm. really good comedy, mm-hmm. but no fear whatsoever. Yeah. How did that clear you? Is that on YouTube? That's on YouTube. How is that on YouTube? I don't know. If I say one word, I know we're off. We're off. They yeah. They demonetize. I know. Wow. No idea. That's really something. Yeah, oh, this to me, this gives me such hope. Yeah, gives me such hope. You don't have to agree with everything that he said, but everything he said is hysterical. Right. You know what I mean? It is. And well, you know, everybody in the audience didn't agree with that, but they were laughing hysterically. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Same Beck time, same Beck channel. <laughs> that oh, funny. That's so clever. Oh, man, that oh, is clever. Man. Write that down. We should use that. All right. But we should be in, like, underpants and leotards when we say it. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> see you tomorrow. The Glenn Beck Program.